If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Job. The book of Job, chapter 1. While you're turning there, I'd like to say thank you for an opportunity to come back and be with you. I'm always honored to be able to come to Kempsville. I feel like I'm at home. I come back with you folks. I appreciate and love your pastor and your staff. You are so blessed to have such godly folks leading you and ministering alongside you. And I encourage you in all of your opportunities to do so. You encourage them. Uh, but I'm glad to be in the Lord's house. Are you? Amen. Amen. Job chapter 1. I want to begin with one verse, verse 20. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, in reverence to the Word of God, stand with me as we read. Job chapter 1, verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. Lord, I thank you for loving us enough to go to the cross that we could have life. God, I thank you for loving us so much that you allow us the privilege to come to your house to worship you. God, these, your people, have gathered. They want a word from you. Lord, we've gathered here because we're hungry for you. We're desperate to hear a word from you. Now, God, you know every heart. You know every need. You know where all of us have been and where we're going. So, God... As only you can, I'm asking you to preach to us tonight. God, that you would move me out of the way and let us hear from heaven. Lord, I surrender the post. I pray you would preach. Lord, I would that all the praise, honor, and glory might be credited to Jesus. For it's in his name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Job, a man who understood trials, difficulties, dark days. Job, a picture that is worthy to be gazed upon. I find most interesting in verse 20 that Job in his dark times arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head. And then he fell down and worshiped. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that an interesting verse of scripture? It seems to me that it ought to be the other way. You, you, you ought to fall down, shave your head and tear your mantle, and then get up to worship. That, that seems to make better sense to me. just because that's what we do. Job is a beautiful picture of what God can do in someone's life that is totally committed to him. Do you know that just because you are totally committed to the Lord does not mean you're never going to have any troubles? But on the contrary, Jesus said, if you take my name, they're going to hate you because they hated me. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have some tribulation. I I wish he'd have just said difficulties or... A bad day every now and again. But he said tribulation. But be of good cheer. He said I've already overcome the world. Job. He rose. In his time of mourning. Let me show you something that happened in Job's life that makes it significant that he rose 
to shave his head and rent his mantle. Now, let's talk about that for just a moment first. To shave your head and rent your mantle, to tear you, your cloak, it was a show of mourning. It was a show of distress in his life. He was suffering. That's why he did those things. If I shave my head and tore my robe, I'm falling down. I don't want anybody to see me. But Job arose in his time of mourning. Why was he mourning? Well, let's look at verse 13, chapter 1. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them, took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking. There came also another and said, the fire of God is fallen from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee while he was yet speaking. There came also another and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels, have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose. Let me tell you the significance of his loss. Job had... 500 oxen, 500 donkeys, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, seven sons and three daughters. And in the length of time that it took to tell they were destroyed, all of that was gone. One couldn't even finish telling their story till the next one showed up while the first one was still speaking. Have you ever had difficult times in your life and you asked that great question? What else could go wrong? I've come all the way from Tennessee to tell you, don't ask that question. (laughs) You might just get an answer. My neighbor was telling me some difficulties and, and said to me, you know, I want to ask. I said, don't do it. Stop. Can you imagine They come and report so much of his livestock's gone. And Job probably was thinking, well, that's bad. And then here comes another one. And and he thought, this is getting worse. And then another one, he's like, well, what else could happen? And then here comes another one. Your sons and daughters are all dead. Now, when those dark times come and those troubled times and those times of trial, those valleys of darkness and distress, when they come in our lives, we normally find ourselves getting down. It will pull you down to have enough negatives in your life, enough bad thing, enough difficulty. It pulls you down and you just walk around like this. And everybody sees you coming and that you, they don't want to talk to you because you look so sorry. You just... Have you ever, has anybody ever walked up to you and said, you look tired? That's normally not a compliment, by the way. And and often we get that when we are in difficulties and distress. See, when we're going through those valleys of darkness and everything is, is weighing on us and it's heavy, we don't sleep well, we don't eat well, we don't function well, and we begin to look tired, we begin to be weary, and it just pulls us down. And when somebody says, how are you? If we're honest, we'd say, well, I just feel down. Now, that's where I would be if I had 500 oxen, 500 donkeys, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, seven sons, and three daughters, and I lost them all. I'd be a little down. I'd be calling my insurance company, wouldn't you? I I doubt Job had insurance. What did Job have? Well, he had the ability to mourn. And so he stood up. He tore his mantle and he shaved his head in a show of his heartbreak. 
Nobody likes difficulties. Nobody likes hard times. If I had it my way, we'd all just have it on easy street. Wouldn't you like that? I would. Nobody likes difficulties, but could I remind you that all days that are sunny creates a desert. Sometimes you need a little rain. If you're going to have some color in your world, you're going to have to have some rain because the sun will dry everything out. Sometimes you need a little rain. Nobody prays for hard time. Nobody says, Lord, I'm ready. Send me all the difficulties you can find. Nobody prays that, at least nobody I know. But at the same time, every one of us experience dark days, difficulties, hard times, deep valleys, times where we feel so defeated. Can I tell you, listen to me, it's okay to mourn. It's okay, it's okay to hurt. You know what it says in Ecclesiastes? It's time to laugh and there's time to cry. It's time to mourn and a time to dance. I love that scripture in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ when he goes down to Bethany, Mary and Martha come and say, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother Lazarus would still be alive. And he says, I love what he says. Y'all remember what he says? Woman, I am the resurrection. Anyway, I don't have time to preach the whole text. Stay with me. You get on down in the passage and he's weeping. Matter of fact, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. I know that it is most probable that he was crying because those around did not understand when he said, I am the resurrection. I have no doubt that that was part of his tears. But I don't believe that was all of his tears. Jesus wept because those that he loved were weeping too. It's okay to mourn. I'm glad for that verse because it tells me Jesus knows how to mourn with me. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever been in a time of mourning, you've been in a time of distress, you've been in that dark valley, in that desolate time, you don't need somebody coming and saying, smile, you ought to get happy. Well, the Lord's good. Pray. I know all that's true, but sometimes I just need to sit and cry. Don't you? I guess that's something that the Lord has taught me and continues to teach me through the years. When I go into situations, and I know your pastor would testify, and you go in where there's been great loss, and normally that of a loved one, there are no sufficient words. There's none. That, preacher, we need you. We go out in the middle of the night and we on the way driving to the hospital when I hear somebody call, we need you. I'm praying the whole way, Lord, I have no idea what to say. Now I can quote scripture to them and I can tell them it's going to be all right and the Lord's going to pull them through and those are good things to say. But you know what? When you're in the dark valley of distress, despair, and mourning, you really don't want to hear anything. Except that person beside you weeping with you. Job, watch this, watch this. There's a time for mourning. There's a time for weeping. And here's Job down in the darkest place of his life. And the Bible said he stood up. He arose. And he mourned. He did that activity of mourning. It's okay to mourn. I'm trying to give you license today to let you know it's okay to have some hurt because in this world you're going to have hurt. It's going to happen. 
I believe that what measures us most is not whether or not we have hurt, but it's how we respond when we do hurt. And here's Job. Look at him. The, the most horrendous day of his life. And he stood up. He arose. And he mourned. He wept. He hurt. He agonized. No doubt. Can I show you what that says to me? He did not quit. See, so many of us say, preacher, thank you. You gave me the right to mourn. You've given me the license to weep and to mourn. And some of you take that so seriously that you'll start today and next year this time you're still mourning. It said there's a time for mourning. It didn't say forever. See, a lot of us get in the valley of darkness. We get in that time of distress and that time of calamity. And you know what we do? We just close up. We just shut down. We close everybody out and we quit. It's okay to mourn, but it's not okay to quit. Job arose. Listen, when the tough times come and they will come, can I get a witness? They will come. How are you going to respond? Job arose. It's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture of a man who was seeking the face of God and who would not allow the calamities of life to destroy him. Church, there's a better day coming for those of us who know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're going to have some difficulties. We're going to have some hard times. But don't let those difficulties in your life define you. Too many times because we've had a hard life, we use that as a crutch. And we allow it to define who we are. It's rampant in our society today. Well, why did little Johnny do that? He's 18 years old. He should have known better. And some... Doctor says, Well, little Johnny's friends licked the red off his candy when he was six. And that's why he's this way at 18. See, it's an excuse. Well, little Johnny grew up in a tough situation and blah, 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 blah. Listen, those things are real and they're difficult. I understand that. And listen, we live in a day where their single parent homes are most prevalent than they've ever been. We need a home with a father and a mother. I said we need homes with fathers and mothers. A child needs a father and a mother. I said a child needs a father and a mother. And so we can make excuses about why they grew up and did what they didn't. But but that, that means you're allowing those things to define you. Job could have quit. And I don't know about you, but I could just about get on board with him and say, you know, Job, I don't blame you. I might quit too. You lost everything. And some of us look at other people and they're in their difficulty and we'll say, well, it's, it's so bad. That's why they're the way they are. Well, listen, there's no doubt that events in our life and difficulties that we face, they help frame us and they give us a reference that we may not have otherwise, but we cannot allow them to define us or else they become an excuse. Job arose. He would not quit. He would not lay down. He did not give up, but he arose. I just can't get over that. And I can't get over it because of what comes next. The Bible said, he arose and he rent his mantle and shaved his head, those shows of mourning, watch this, and he fell down on the ground and worshiped. Man, alive. You see where I'm going here, don't you? You see what the scripture said? He got up to mourn, but he fell down to worship. Aren't we just the opposite? I mean, when tough times come, we get down. But we'll stand up proud and we'll sing our song and we'll worship the Lord. Oh, look at me, I'm worshiping. 
And Job's just the opposite. In the midst of calamity, in the midst of the darkness of his night, in the midst of the most difficult day of his life, he stood up and he mourned openly, unashamedly. Because he knew that would not be the mantle that he would wear to define who he was. And after he had mourned, he fell down on his face in the proper posture for worship and began to bless the Lord. And what do you do? Come on now. When tough times come, do you stand up and mourn and fall down to worship or is it just the opposite? We love to say this, but I'm not sure if we really believe it. The psalmist said, weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I said, the psalmist said, weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. If we really believe that, then our mourning, our suffering, our sadness, our turmoil will not define us, but yet we will look forward to the rising of the sun so that we can rejoice in who he is. Weeping's for a little while, mourning for a little while, but joy. Mm. Listen what he said. Verse 21. Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. Hey, we all ready to the worship part. And you know what he's doing? He's having a confession time here. He said, I came to the world naked, I'll leave naked. Here's what he's saying. I came with nothing and I'm going to leave with nothing. I wish y'all get a hold of that. We'd just have a shouting good time if you would. He said, I came with nothing and I'm leaving with. Listen, this is not part of his mourning. This is part of his worship. This is not, <laughs> this is not the song. <laughs> Lord help us. This is not the funeral dirge. I came with nothing. I'll leave with. No, this is the rejoicing song. I came into this world with nothing and I'm going to leave with nothing. He's rejoicing in that fact. He's just lost everything. Do you know what Job realized in this moment? I came with nothing, I leave with nothing. Do you know what he realized? He realized that he was just a steward of anything he did have. Oh, I've got all this stuff, look at me, I'm so wealthy. No, no, you're a steward of what God's given you. And some of you are not going to keep it long because you're a bad steward. Amen. I just don't seem to be able to pay my bills, preacher. I, you know, I'd tithe, but I just can't afford to. Yeah, you're not going to have what you got long. Yeah, come on. Listen, I know folks who will testify that they've given their heart to the Lord and they're going to get things right. They've been in dire financial problems. I tell them what to do. I tell them some things they need to take, some steps they need to take. I tell them how to be a tither and they go and do their own thing. And then they wonder six months later why they back in the mess they were in. You're just a steward of what you have. Nothing. Nothing will prove that to you like children. <laughs> Do you know that? Yesterday, my oldest son just went back for his second year of college. I thought it was bad last year. Lord have mercy. It just, it just kills me. I just miss him so bad already. He hadn't been gone 24 hours yet. But I had him home all summer. It was great. But see, I'm learning that I've just been given him as a gift that I was supposed to be a steward of. It's not just true with my children. It's true with everything in my life. And it's true with everything in your life. And Job said, I came with nothing. I'm going to leave with nothing. So whatever I have, I'm just a steward of. Well, he goes on. There's more here that, that'll, that'll help you. He said, the Lord gave. Let's just stop right there for just a minute. I just like this. The Lord gave <laughs> Woo, everything I have. 
the Lord gave. Everything you have, the Lord gave. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Now watch this. I want you to see. Job said the Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. He's saying this on the hills of his worship where he's just said, I came with nothing, I'll leave with nothing. So what I have, God gave. I'm just a steward of it. And God gives and God takes. Now I just want to be the first tonight to say I'm glad he started with God gave. Because if he had started with God taketh, I wouldn't have had anything for him to take because naked came I into the world and naked I'm, is anybody with me yet? That's shouting ground right there. When you realize he started with the Lord gave because there's nothing there to get if he didn't give to begin with. Everything we have, God gave. Mm. It'll do you good. Listen. It'll do you good if you just go ahead and confess that to the Lord and say, Lord, everything I have, I give it to you. Listen, when that boy of mine who just went to college was born, November the 3rd, 1995, I was in the hospital there with my sweet wife. That night he was born about 10 o'clock, Forest General Hospital, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And we sat right there and held that baby and we said, Lord, you've given us such a great gift and we just want to give him back to you. So see, when he loaded up and went off to college for his second year, he belongs to the Lord. I've just been a steward. I'm not the best steward. I know that. And if we're going to have to trust me for everything, we're going to have trouble. But I can trust him. To the hands of the Lord. See, I can't go to college with him. I'd like to, but I can't. I've got to let him go. But it's not really a problem. I miss him. But see, 19 years ago, I already let him go. And God just let me be a steward. That's the way it's supposed to be with everything in our life. Job has lost everything. He falls (laughs) to his face to worship the Lord. And he said, Lord, I came with nothing. I'm leaving with nothing. Everything I have, you gave me. And if you choose to take it away, then you choose to take it away. (sighs) That's just how we are, isn't it? Isn't that just like you? Come on. I bet I could just take testimony. We'd be here the rest of the night. Y'all stand up telling me when things have been a loss in your life, when you've lost something, you just stood up and said, well, Lord, you gave it to me and you took it away. It's your prerogative. Right? That's not how we act, is it? Lord, I can't believe you took this from me. We start acting like children, don't we? Hmm? Lord gave. And the Lord takes away. You know why? Do you know why the Lord gives and the Lord takes away? Because he is God and you are not. Now I know that because I'm not either. See, God is the giver. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. We recognize God as a giver, but God also will take away. Sometimes he takes away because we got a hold of something we didn't need to get a hold of. Sometimes he takes away because you're not being a good steward of what he gave you. Some of you could tithe when you could barely get by, but then when God blessed you with a good job, you got too busy to come to his house and tithe. Hmm? Well, I've, I've stepped up to another level. You stepped up to another level because you were being a good steward of what God had given you. When you cease to be a good steward, then he can't trust you with it anymore. See, Jesus is, is clear. The word of God is abundantly clear. He, he can't trust you with a lot if he can't trust you with a little. So quit praying for it. Quit playing the lottery. 
You got a chance of being struck by lightning seven times in your lifetime than winning the lottery once. Did you know that? You have the better odds of being struck by lightning seven times. Anybody here been struck four times? See, nobody. Your odds are not good. But get this. You bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. That's one dime of every dollar. And don't come with this. Well, preacher, I'm really doing good. I'm tithing 7%. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're giving 7%. You're still in 3% and you're a liar saying you're tithing. Well, pastor, I hadn't got that tithing in my notes anywhere tonight. Why are we on that? Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Now watch this. I don't know if y'all can take this. Watch this. Here it is. Come on now. He's in his song of worship. He rose to mourn, but he fell down on his face and he said, naked I came, naked I'll leave. I came with nothing. I'll leave with nothing. God gave and God takes away. And I'm upset. No. And I don't know why. No. Bless be the name of the Lord. Come on now. You're walking with him. When you understand what you have, it all came from him. You're just a steward of it. And if he gives, praise his name. If he takes away, praise his name. You're walking with him when you can bless the name of the Lord no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your environment, no matter how dark the night gets, you can say blessed be the name of the Lord because you know the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be his name. You know when he takes things away? Whenever he wants to. And will you bless him when he takes from you? I said, will you bless him when he takes from you? I want to tell you something, church. I want you to listen to me. We don't bless when he gives. You know why? I want to tell you a story. I I don't tell this many places. I had a man give me a car one time. A car. It was a used car, but it was a Lexus. It was about 10 years old when I got it, but nonetheless, it was a Lexus. I wanted to shout it from the rooftop, man. This dude gave me a car. Are you kidding me? But I couldn't. You know why? Because all the brothers and sisters would be like, well, why didn't he give me one? Hmm? See, we don't bless the Lord when he gives because we worry about what everybody else will think. We worry about the jealousy in the brothers and sisters. We're awful good to pray for difficult times and we're awfully good to even ask for prayer when there are difficult times. But how few times do we offer a testimony of praise when God answers? See, I don't understand. We know how to bemoan the loss, but we don't know how to praise the blessing. Mm, I might need to write that down. That's... <laughs> Will you bless him? The Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. Will you bless him? See, Job arose and he mourned. Job fell to the ground and he worshiped. I'm going to show you one more thing. Job confirmed the word of the Lord. What do you mean, preacher? Look with me at verse 8. The Lord said unto Satan, I've considered my servant Job. There's none like him in the earth, a perfect man. Now, 
that means that he was a, a good man, an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil or avoids evil. Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. Come on now, get the picture. Satan messing around. The Lord said, have you considered Job? You know, I want to be on the Lord's mind all the time. I want him to be thinking of me. Amen. The psalmist said in Psalm 139 that his thoughts, if we should numb them, they're more than the grains of sand on the seashore. Amen. He thinks of us. But I just soon him not think about me when the devil comes around. I just want to say that I... I <laughs> I got enough trouble with the devil without him recommending me. You know? I mean, and that's what happened right here. The devil's looking for somebody. And the Lord said, well, what about Job? I am sure that the Lord has suggested me before. (laughs) I am sure. I am beyond sure. (laughs) And the devil said, just kind of laughed it off and said, Lord, you know, you know Job fears you and all you said about him is true, but it's because you got a hedge about him and you're protecting him. He said, you move that hedge from him and I'll have him curse you to your face. That's what the devil said. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold all that he hath is in your power, only upon himself, put not forth thine hand. You see what the Lord said? He said, I tell you what, Satan, I'm going to pull the hedge back. You can touch everything he's got, but you can't lay a finger on him. I said, the Lord said, devil, (laughs) I'm going to remove the hedge. You can touch everything he's got, but you can't lay a finger on him. Hey, can I tell you something? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the devil can go only so far when it comes to that which belongs to God. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. See, Satan's got a job here. He wants to make Job curse the Lord. But the Lord said, no, he's my man. And you can do a lot to him, but you can't touch him. You can't have him. He's mine. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad I belong to the Lord, aren't you? You can touch all he's got, but you can't have him. And so the devil left, and then we walk into those next verses where Job lost everything. But listen to what it said in verse 22. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Not only did he not curse God, He didn't accuse God. God, why are you doing this to me? I know none of y'all have ever said that. You don't need to say, God, why are you doing it? You might want to ask, why are you allowing this? God's not ever trying to hurt you. And when he allows some of those dark days in your life, come on, it's to get some flowers growing, some grass growing, so you're not living in the desert. Remember the rainy days? God's got... (laughs) Your best interest in mine. And it might just be that he suggested you to the devil. And I sure wouldn't want to make God a liar, would you? Oh, you, you rub your hand and I'll have him curse you. 
Hey, go ahead and have at him. You can't touch him, but you can touch everything else. And in all this, Job did not curse God, nor did he accuse God. He didn't say, why me? He just said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away and blessed be the name of the Lord. And what are you going to do? Are you going to confirm what the Lord has said? As sure as I stand here and you sit where you are, the future will hold some difficulties. What are you going to do with them? My prayer is that you and I will respond with blessed be the name of the Lord. My sister was diagnosed with ovarian cancer for 11 years. She has fought with cancer. December the 29th of 2010, my sister went home to be with the Lord. She was 46 years old. My brother-in-law wrote these words after my sister died. Nancy was adamant and explicit that we not use commonly overused phrase, the commonly overused phrase, she lost a courageous battle with cancer in speaking of her death. It's not to say that people fighting cancer don't show extraordinary courage because we know that they do and we know that Nancy did. But she was clear about this because she did not want to have cancer define her. My brother-in-law continued and wrote, Nancy did not lose a courageous battle with cancer. But to the contrary, she rode it all the way to the gates of heaven where it was ultimately and finally vanquished. At my sister's funeral, she had requested a song. And we sang it at her funeral. Blessed be your name. In the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. And blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me. When the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be your name. See, you give and you take away. 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 My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. You give and you take away, but bless it. Come on now. When he gives, you're ready to bless him. But when he takes, are you ready to bless it? We've got to be a people who are willing, ready, and desirous to bless the name of the Lord when he gives or when he takes. Because you're going to experience both in the days ahead.
You're going to have challenges tomorrow and next week. And if the Lord doesn't come back in too soon, you're going to have more troubles. But I want you to know today we need to make a commitment to the Lord that whether he give, whether he take away, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When life is hard, blessed be the name of the Lord. When there's more month at the end of the money, blessed be the name of the Lord. When sickness and sorrow come, blessed be the name of the Lord. When your family forsakes you, your friends reject you, blessed be the name of the Lord. When your job runs out, when God doesn't answer the way you want him to, blessed be the name of the Lord. Will you bless him? Will you bless him? See, I came into this world with nothing. And as far as things, I'll leave with nothing. But in my journey, I met Jesus. (laughs) And because I met Jesus, I can bless his name because I have everything I will ever need. In him. That's the only way you can say blessed be the name of the Lord is if you know him intimately, personally. And that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you sit here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, tonight is the best night I know to get saved. Well, Brother Rock, you say that every time you come. That's exactly right. Last time I was here, that was the best time I knew. I didn't know we was going to be here. Didn't know we'd make it. Well, preacher, I'm thinking next Monday. That's great. I just can't promise you'll be here. Well, I'll just wait till tomorrow. Can't promise you'll be here. I'm going to wait till after service and talk to you privately. Can't promise we'll be here. Right now is the best time I know to give your heart to Jesus. Preacher, if I give my heart to Jesus, you're telling me I'll be able to bless the name of the Lord even in the most difficult times of my life? I'm telling you, when you give your heart to the Lord, you'll be able to bless his name even in the most difficult times of your life. The Bible said Jesus loved you so much that he died on the cross and shed his life's blood for your sins and mine. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And the Bible said, if you'll believe him, believe that he did that. Confess him with your mouth. He'll save your soul. Would you come tonight in a moment? Our pastor will be here at the front. Other staff's here. Come take one of us by the hand. Say, I want Jesus in my heart. Many of you who sit here tonight would say, I'm a Christian. I've already followed Jesus. I have a relationship with him. Can I ask you a question? Are you blessing his name no matter what your circumstance? I want to tell you a story and I'm done. I received a call one night around New Year's Eve. This lady in my church called and she said, Brother Rock, would you come to the hospital? Josh has been in a wreck. Josh was her 19-year-old son. He was such a good boy. He, he, he went on mission tours with our students at church and had just graduated from high school. He loved the Lord. He was a witness for the Lord. He was working as a, a busboy in a restaurant cleaning tables. And about 11 o'clock that night, he had gotten off. They had finally got everything cleaned up. He called his mom said, I'm on my way home. He had a motorcycle. And he wasn't doing anything he shouldn't be doing. He was just driving home. The car pulled out in front of him. He laid that motorcycle down. It broke his neck. And I went to that hospital. And I stood there with that mom and daddy. Look, Kelly, there's no words. There's no words. I just stood and wept with them. A couple days later at the funeral, Funeral home was packed. It was standing room only. They had requested a particular praise song they wanted to have sung. This couple began to sing the song from the podium. That mom and daddy sitting right down here on the front row. 
place is packed. They stood up and they raised their hands to Jesus and they blessed the name of the Lord in the darkest night of their life. I didn't even want to get up and say anything when they finished singing because I thought, what else can be said? Here's the testimony. God gave them a son. God took their son, but they blessed the Lord anyway. Oh, God, I hope and pray that I can bless him in everything in my life. It's hard. It's hard when he takes. But I want you to know he's worthy even when he takes. I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know if you're in a dark valley or if you're on a high mountain. But I want you to know, blessed be the name of the Lord. If you know him tonight, you may need to just forget about everybody else being here and just take you a few minutes to bless his name. Some of you may need to come to this altar and say, Lord, I've been accusing you of making my life difficult. I've been putting it all at your feet. Forgive me, Lord. I just want to bless your name tonight. I don't know. I don't know who is here and what's going on in your life, but this I know God would not let me get away from this text tonight. I tried. I believe it's for somebody. God's word never goes out. It comes back void. Amen. So whatever he said to you, you do. Almighty God, we thank you that in your giving and in your taking, you're still worthy. And God, I thank you. Oh, I praise your holy name for the life of Job. And I thank you for the lessons that you teach us through his life. And God, I thank you that he arose to mourn. He fell to worship and he confirmed what you said about him. God, I want to be that kind of man. God, I've got so far to go. Help me. Blessed. Blessed be the name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, Lord. Have your way now. In Jesus' name. Amen.